When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here at Celtics Beat, we can't get enough of a good story. That's why we're excited to share with you a new daily sports podcast from Wondery and The Athletic that you're going to want to listen to. It's called The Lead, and it's for every type of sports fan who wants to go beyond the box score. Every weekday morning, The Lead will bring you one big story from The Athletic's all-star team of local and national sports reporters. Some stories will be a fresh take on a major news event, and other episodes will feature an in-depth look into what's been happening off the field. From the story of how a terrible call in last year's NFL playoffs made the entire city of New Orleans lose their minds to in-depth interviews on mental health and sports, the lead is your daily lens into the biggest stories of the day told by the people who write them. The lead is hosted by sports writer Kavitha Davidson and Peabody Award-winning journalist Anders Kelto, who will take you close to the story through comprehensive reporting, fascinating clips, and exclusive interviews you won't hear anywhere else. You might hear a preview of the lead that takes a deep dive into the Tampa Bay Rays fan base and what the future of the team could look like. While you're listening, go subscribe to the lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you directly there. Enjoy. When a professional sports team leaves a city, there's often a lot of heartbreak. Like when the Browns left Cleveland in the mid-1990s, or probably the most famous departure of all, when the Dodgers left Brooklyn in the 1950s. Say, did you hear the news about what's happening in Brooklyn? We really got the blues about what's happening in Brooklyn. Often when a team leaves a city, it's really about the owners, not the fans. But in Tampa Bay right now, things are a little different. The Tampa Bay Rays, the professional baseball team, haven't been drawing many fans, even though the team is really good. They're currently second in the American League East, and yet they're dead last in attendance for the ninth time in 10 years. Fans that do support the team are now rightfully worried that they're going to leave. This is my team. This is my town. These are my, these are my Rays. Most of all, I'm not wanting to give up the Rays. Today, we're going to speak with the Athletics' Jason Stark about what has gone wrong in Tampa, even while so much is going right. And we'll hear why, if the Rays do end up moving, the fans both are and aren't responsible. From Wondery and The Athletic, I'm Anders Kelto, and this is The Lead. It felt like something great was happening. 
was just something about the emotion and that moment. The failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy. Are you this isn't a story where you interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Hello. Hello, Jason. Yeah. How goes it? It's been a busy day, but it's going fine. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just been action-packed. And just real quick before we begin, I feel like I need to congratulate you because you were recently inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, technically, I was honored by the Baseball Hall of Fame, not inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but I did have an amazing induction weekend with those six players. Made some memories of a lifetime, and I'll never forget it. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, well, congratulations again. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. So could you just take us back to March 31st, 1998? Well, March 31st, 1998 would have been the day that the... Uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays were born. Brian would love to have that ball. It's not going to happen. And this was something that people had waited for in the Tampa Bay metropolitan area forever. For years they've been anticipating this moment. Tampa Bay, a long and storied baseball tradition dating back to the early part of this century when they were the host of the boys of spring, now they're the host of the boys of summer. Were you actually at the game? I was. If there was going to be something this historic, it seemed like a good idea to go show up, so I did. And it was a packed house. Yeah, there were 45,369 paying customers that day. And there was so much excitement that day inside the dome. It felt like something great and special was happening. And the first pitch in Double Ray history. Down and in, ball one, and that will go directly to the Hall of Fame. They had been trying to lure a team to move there for years and came close several times, and it never happened. And then even when they were awarded this team, there was a two-year buildup waiting for this moment. You know, they brought in a couple of local heroes, Wade Boggs and Fred McGriff are both from the area, and they were on that team. They were in the lineup. Here's Boggs, hitting it deep to right field. It's gone! The first Devil Rays home run. Wade Boggs takes the grand tour. In that first year, they actually average about 31,000 people at home games. But then in year two, the attendance falls to about 19,000. And part of the problem seems to have been that the team just wasn't doing very well. But another part of the problem, which you've written about, is the location of the stadium. The stadium isn't actually in Tampa. It's sort of over a bridge and then down to the south in St. Petersburg, the neighboring city. You've been to a bunch of games there. What's it like getting to the stadium, like from downtown Tampa? You know, almost un unless you live in St. Petersburg or Clearwater or somewhere in Pinellas County, you're going to have to go across at least one bridge, possibly two bridges. Now, you know, people in other places, they do it all the time. But it, for whatever reason, it feels like a major impediment in that area. And then there's the stadium itself, Tropicana Field which everyone calls the TROP. It's been the butt of a lot of jokes. It's funny looking from the outside. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a dome with a big tilted roof. 
And it's tilted, obviously, because they expect people to hit fly balls. Right? They don't want them to, to clank off the roof. That part didn't work well. This Colabella high and deep to left up near the catwalk. And that hit the catwalk. That will be a home run. Like, I sometimes think of that place as like a, uh, a baseball's pinball machine. <laughs> and this is always a point of contention here at Tropicana Field. Now John Gibbons is out. And during that, the first sort of 10 years of the team's existence, they weren't doing particularly well. I don't think they even had a winning season. But what, what's really strange is that since then, like over the past 10 years, the Rays have gotten really good. Ground ball to second. Ewan Murrow's got it. Rays are going to the World Series. They're, they're winning tons of games. They've got a front office that's seen as one of the best in the business. And yet the numbers haven't come up. In fact, they've continued to fall. Matt Silverman, their president, actually said this. Everywhere else, every other market, winning has brought fans. They're the only exception. They win. It doesn't seem to make any difference. That's a preview of The Lead. To hear more from Jason Stark about why the Tampa Bay Rays can't get fans into their stadium, Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.